Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode, another season, the sixth season of the RNR Cat Cast. Wow. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Foley. He's your host, Ryan Thornburg. We are the Ryans of the RNR Cat Cast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And we are happy to have you here with us tonight. Today, whenever you listen to this, thanks for tuning in. Thorny, we're doing it, man. We're here. Six seasons, or going into our sixth season. I mean, our first season was like kind of halfway through, but crazy. Crazy we've been doing it this long, man. And if you've been listening to us the whole time, we really appreciate you coming along for the entire ride. And if you're a new listener, whatever, <laughs> thanks for thanks for finding us. We appreciate it. Look at this. Look yeah, at this I awkward pause here. New listener. We're <laughs> we're two dads. We're two Regular Joes, just, uh, you know, fans of Montana State, alums of Montana State, uh, just riffing on Montana State athletics, and uh, we we enjoy it. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride. It's been an epic ride. So looking forward to the new season, 23-24 football season coming. It, like, snuck up, man. Like, it's a, it's a month away, a little over a month away, and it's crazy. We haven't recorded anything since April. Have we gone this far, this entire podcast journey? Three months. It's been over three months since we released an episode. That's got to be a record. I think it is, but it, it was good to kind of put the mics away for a little bit. I know you, you and I needed just kind of a little bit of a refresh. Not that this is a work for us, but, you know, it's uh, we have family things going. Summer is in full full mode. and. You just got stuff going on, but I know for like the last week or so, ever since the Big Sky kickoff, I was like, man, I'm ready to go. Jumping I'm itching to get back, talking to Thorny on a weekly basis, talk about Montana State football. That's what I want to do now. Can't Sounds wait. good, man. I can't wait. I'm excited to get back All into right. it and kick it off. Okay. Well, we'll show rundown. Uh, Ryan and I decided to kind of let the waters take us where it's going to tonight but the main focus is going to be on preseason stuff obviously we're in the preseason uh preseason rankings both national and big sky we'll talk a little bit about my venture to the big sky kickoff over here in spokane and kind of pull back the curtain for you listener on what that looks like and sounds like over there and if you want to listen to those interviews that i've collected We'll put those at the very end of the episode, but we won't sandwich them in the middle. So if you want to take those all in one or you know piece through them, we'll put that at the end of the episode. And then Ryan and I are going to break down the conference, the conference schedules, or really not the conference schedules, I guess what we predict Montana State and the rest of the teams to kind of finish out as. And I have some thoughts on some power rankings of strength of schedule. I should say that's more of a correct term, strength of schedule. I broke down some numbers and might be interested in some of that. So a lot going on. The, the fully algorithm. I'm excited Super to hear good. it. <laughs> but 
We're going to do something first we always do. We're going to talk about what's in our golden coolies. What's in your golden coolie? If you're just joining us for the first time, this is a segment where we talk about what we are drinking. We typically have a cold one on hand. Sometimes it's like a LaCroix, but most of the time it's an adult beverage. And uh, we have golden coolies. If you're also listening for the first time, reach out to us and uh, submit some questions. Get yourself a chance to win one of our golden coolies to put your nice cold beverage into. I have Monk's Uncle Triple Ale from the Pike Brewing in Seattle. Belgian-style triple ale, fruity esters, dry, crisp, gross. I I do not like it. <laughs> I've never had it before. I'm not sure why I, I got it. Uh, I've had triples before that I thought I liked. Maybe I'm dreaming that, but I am not enjoying this whatsoever. But it is coating my stomach with what alcohol. What is it, triple? So, uh, I always kind of thought triple was basically like an ultra Hefeweizen. Like there's, it's like a double Hefeweizen, a triple Hefeweizen, if you will. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's got a funky taste to it. It's, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't recommend it. Do you have a backup beer? 9.9% alcohol. No wonder it tastes Ultra? funny. <laughs> I didn't realize it was so stout. <laughs> Goodness. All right, then. It's like two beers in oh, one. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, that's that's what the triple is right there. I didn't even there think you go. About that. And yes, I do okay. have a, a backup beer. Uh, I had a sneaking suspicion. <laughs> oh, that's that's such a solid beer. You should have led with that. Anyways, okay. I have um City of Dreams from Fort George, and I we've talked about this. Fort George is from. Astoria, Oregon. I always want to say Ben, but it's not there. It's a pale ale. It's a hazy pale. Uh, this was one of my favorite beers a couple of years ago, but I'm just not into the hazies anymore. I I got this beer because I did some work, um, some patch up work on my, I guess aunt in law is was the one way I would see it on her deck, uh, and she just brought over some beer for me just to say thank you. So, yeah. Pulled it out of the fridge. Cheers. All righty. All right, man. Where do we go? Where do we go? This is, I'm so rusty. I'm so rusty on this. You okay, just- well, let's talk about uh, Montana State football. We're here to do that. Uh, let's talk about their <laughs> national ranking, preseason national ranking. <laughs> the FCS preseason national ranking. All right. <laughs> well, uh, Athlon Sports, which is... Uh, the outfit that, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking his name, Craig Haley, kind of the main guy that puts it together the poll over there. Preseason top 25 over there has South Dakota State number one, North Dakota State number two, your Montana State Bobcats number three, William and Mary number four, Holy Cross number five, Furman number six, Idaho number seven, number eight, New Hampshire, SEMO, Southeast Missouri number nine, and Montana Grizzlies number 10. I think I'll probably just cap it off at number 10 there. Then you, and then you got, I guess I'll do the rest of the Big Sky teams real quick. UC Davis at 14, Sac State at 15, and Weber State at 19. And I think that rounds out the top 25 for uh, the Big Sky Conference. A little bit different over at the Hero Sports. That's Sam Herter and company. 
Uh, top three are the same. So uh, South Dakota State, number one, North Dakota State, number two, Montana State, number three. Uh, they have Idaho tied at number five with Furman. Sac State at number 10. And then what I like about this poll, well, I like Montana State being number three, but number 16, Montana, University of Montana, number 16. You just don't see that very often, which is, you know, we could talk about that, but uh, we're not here to talk about the Grizzlies. Uh, UC Davis comes in at number 18. And I think that's it for Sky teams in the top 25 over at Hero Sports. You say UC Davis is 18 there? Thorny, do you think? Yeah, that's true. Oh, interesting. Yeah. My question to you, real quick. I just I don't want to riff too much on these national polls, but uh, does it bother you that Montana State's not number two? Do you think Montana State should be above uh, the Bison? I mean, it feels like Montana State could be above North Dakota State. Like, I, I would have no. I don't think anybody would object to that. Well, excuse me. I think a lot of people felt Montana State could have taken North Dakota State last year, like in Bozeman or, you know, in, in a neutral field or something like that. But I don't know. The way that North Dakota State has steamrolled the Bobcats every time they've played for like the last decade, it's hard to say anything else. I mean, you have to kind of take that into account. It's impossible to separate that. So I'm okay with it, but I feel like Montana State should have been number two, but I'm okay with number three. Yeah. Well, then here's another question for you. I started a bold prediction thread on Bobcat Nation, and one of the bold predictions that I came across today was if Montana State beats South Dakota State week two, we'll be the number one team in the nation. Do you believe that? Yes, absolutely. A road, a road win or the number one team in the country I would will say, vault you to number one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. All right, I'd be comfortable with that. I mean, that's important. We learned All that. Right. Well, we've been learning that over the last couple of years, uh, how important that final ranking is to, for seeding. Like, that matters. Like, seeding, you want, you want every game at home. That's what you want. And we should have been the home team instead of North Dakota State last year. It was kind of frustrating when it came out. We did what we could with the schedule, but uh, you know, it, it matters. These these polls matter in in the fact that they they they're the basis for the rest of the season for the pollsters to kind of rearrange their their polls because a lot of people don't reset their expectations every week. Like, okay, well they lost by two, they're number two. So now they drop to like number four instead of like, oh, they look so bad, they're actually like the twelfth best team. People base their next week's polling on the previous poll numbers. A lot of people do. So it's important to start as high as you can. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Yeah, that is true. Well said. All right, let's move over to the Big Sky, the coaches poll, and the media poll. Those were released just right prior to a week ago, essentially right before the Big Sky kickoff over here in Spokane. Coaches poll had uh, MSU as number one, UC Davis as number two, Sac State number three, Weber number four, Idaho number five, the Grizzlies at number six, Eastern Washington number seven, Portland State number eight, Northern Arizona number nine, Northern Colorado 10, Cal Poly 11, and Idaho State 
Number 12, <laughs> the media pool in, is a largely the same, but there's a big difference. Now, I wonder if you'll notice this one, Thorny. Montana State's number one. They got 26 first place votes. Idaho jumped from number five to number two. And this is the media poll. So they got eight first place votes. U of M jumped from number six to number three. They got two first place votes. I wonder who that was. Uh, Sac State, number four, they got three first place votes. UC Davis, number five. Weber, six. Eastern is the same at seven. NAU, PSU, flip-flop from eight to nine. Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Idaho State. That's such a big discrepancy. This is the first time in a long time I can think that the coaches poll might be better than the media poll. (laughs) It makes more sense to me. It's hard to say, man. So, like, I know... Well, we'll talk about like the big sky kickoff days, but the Idaho, Idaho is like the media darling right now. They are the hot girl on campus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the media is a little bit in love with them. They got some good, I mean, in Hatton, like preseason, like big sky, what o- offensive MVP? I mean, he, People are touting him as like pretty much the next Cooper Cup, essentially. Uh, Jason Eck, you know, he's got a kind of a magnetic personality. They got some, they got a young upcoming quarterback in Giovanni McCoy, who's was a raw freshman last year, but earned freshman of the year. So there's a lot to like about him. Coaches put them at number five. Media puts them at number two. That's, I mean, number five. If if you have that, that kind of expectations, I think Sam Herter put him at number five, right? Yeah, I mean, they, he voted him fifth in the nation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the, that's a big thing. And then seeing Montana at number six in the coaches poll, and then number three in the media poll. I think the coaches poll kind of more accurately reflects to me where the Grizzlies are at right now than the media. I think the Grizz just continue to get the benefit of doubt. I don't know why. Um, they are just, I don't know. The Grizzlies just have some sort of name recognition that just doesn't go away. So good for them, I suppose. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how the Grizzlies do. They got, you know, a lot of new storylines over there, just some new coaches. And well, we'll see what they do. But uh, so I just thought the, there's, just that big jump from five to two for Idaho between those two poles and then U of M going from six to three. I just thought that was really interesting. I mean, you you said it best. Uh, the media is in love with Idaho right now, but they uh, there's always one team that is a rockets up and has a good playoff game and w- wins a playoff game or whatever. And the next year, everyone's in love with them. And a lot of times those teams don't repeat. They don't live up to that hype. And I'm not completely sold on Idaho yet. It's it's not easy, but it's not it's as about as easy as you'll ever run through the league is when you're a brand new coach with a brand new system and just no one is expecting what you're gonna do yet. Year two, the sophomore slump is where you really gotta prove can you are you for real? Was that just kind of a flash in the pan? Idaho's been so mediocre, so bad for so long that is one good season enough to completely turn around the culture over there and Get them back on track. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. 
But uh, if we end up talking about this, we're still, I, th- I feel like we're still kind of not entirely sure how this episode's going to go. If we talk about how we, you and I voted the polls, uh, we didn't vote in the poll, but we each scored it out and we, we did more as, more of uh, how we think it'll actually finish instead of who we think is the best team. Because those are different, unfortunately. With the unbalanced schedule, uh, you could have a team that you don't think is that good, but they have the best schedule in the league and they're going to be finished, you know, nine and two or something. But uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be completely shocked to see Idaho miss the playoffs. I penciled them in at seven and four when I went through their schedule. So that's bubble, like at best bubble right there. So yeah, th- that could very happen. And I have them five and three in the conference. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, this pot, this podcast isn't about the Idaho State Vandals, but <laughs> we've been really those Vandals. guys for a while. Dude, you don't, you want to know something? Yeah. Idaho Vandals. There you go. You know, what's funny about those guys. I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. We're just, we're like just going everywhere. So. I went to the Big Sky kickoff. I was there. So everybody like, you know, shows up in their polo shirts that say Montana State or University of Montana or Northern Colorado. I walk outside. I get done with my interviews and I, um, and I see Jason Eck. Jason Eck's in a full like suit. Like, and none of the coaches are in suits. They're just like in khaki pants and like polo shorts, like I said, like they have like the athletic, you know, athletic issued Montana state stuff that they're supposed to wear. Uh, no, not Idaho. No, X in a dialed up suit, button down, like collar, you know, chest hair hanging out. And then, uh, Hayden hat. And, and, uh, who was it? It was, uh, Jermaine Jackson, one of their, um, another wide receiver they have. They're wearing their prom get-ups like they're they're full-on dazzled just as the suit is you know just like look at me like this is like my fancy car kind of kind of moment idaho walks in there and they're dressed to the nines and i'm like man idaho wants all the shine right now (laughs) like they better put up or essentially shut up yeah in my opinion because they're asking for it man (laughs) they're asking for it well swag is not in short supply and Jason X program. <laughs> just the no. just the way that they uh celebrated Washington Grizzly last year. Like they're not afraid of this of the spotlight, they're not afraid of the heat. But you know, they're 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 drawing attention to themselves. Everyone's in love with them right now. We'll see. We'll see how that play, plays out. I'll talk about them a little bit more when we get into ranking out the conference, how I pick them, but pretty interesting. All righty. So let's talk about what do you want to talk about? Do you want you want to you want to go into my experience over here in Spokane? Yeah, since we're kind of in the in the you know that's that's a good segue right now. So yeah, go ahead and uh, tell us what you found over there in Spokane. What you saw? What you saw, Foley? Uh, the segment so, was blessed enough to go to the Big Sky Conference for uh, the kickoff for the fourth time. And this, I was just recalling that. Yeah. I mean, we, we're start, starting to get these old hats going on. Big time. Big season of doing this. Fourth time going to the to the Big Sky Conference um, kickoff. It was a little bit rushed for me this year. I was going on a family vacation, so I showed up a little early. It was at a new venue, the Northern Quest Casino. And the very first thing I noticed is right when you walk in, you, you smell like cigarettes. 
because it's a casino floor. No, that's Jason um, Other than that, uh, the ball. <laughs> smoking <laughs> heaters outside. <laughs> Jason Eck and Bruce Barnum. Uh, <laughs> ah, I could totally see that. That's totally true. <laughs> Paul Wolf's out there bumming yeah, one, too. Paul Wolf's still hanging um, out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just, he's still here. Paul Wolf's still just hanging out. Spokane, double tree. Ah, uh, all right. So I'll just <laughs> just try to pull the veil back for the the listener. Um. So and then we you go into the ballroom, and the ballroom is exactly the same as it feels exactly the same as it did over, um, downtown Spokane. So one thing a listener should know about is if they're trying to listen to any of these interviews that uh, are being played across the media platforms, all these players, all these coaches. They go through trainings on how to answer all these questions. So knowing that, you're not going to ask them something. And uh, I'm not going to ask Coach Vegans a question like, so how are you going to prepare for South Dakota State week two? What are you guys going to implement? There's no way in heck he's going to answer anything like that. So when I try to craft my questions, being we are a fan-based podcast, I just try to think from like as a fan, like what could I ask that engages maybe more of a personality side? And so when you listen to these questions, I, I was able to talk to Sean Chambers and Nolan Askelson, Coach Vegan, and you'll you'll hear a little bit more of a just like a personal personality flavor is where I where I try to go for. But um, it's it's a dog and pony show, Thorny. I mean, you were there one year. It's just like uh, you know the players try to put on a happy face but most of the time they look just slightly annoyed including the coaches they're like we just got to get it we got we got to be here and we got to get out of here so they they're just there to answer all the questions of all the media members trying to to get their stuff in and when you listen to the conversations you're going to listen you're going to hear a lot of background noise because i'm sitting there talking to chambers i got vegan on one side and askel sit on the other and they're both fielding interviews from those respective media members too so it's it's busy. It's uh and and Coach Vegan, like when I was talking to him, he got pulled for some um a TV spot that he had to do. So it's kind of fast paced, and you got to be a little bit cutthroat. You just got to get in line and, and get your stuff done. Unfortunately, and I th- I want to say thank you to Bill Lamberty, sports director over at Montana State. I know he listens. He got me in pretty fast, and I was I think I was the first interview. Uh, to talk to those guys. I, I was a little bit early and they sat down with me and uh, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting event for sure. And I'm glad you got to, got to be right in there. And I don't think anyone else is when you're talking about guys interviewing right next to you, I don't think anyone else is really capturing the audio in, in hopes that they turn it into content, audio content. Everyone's just doing it more of a note keeping type yeah. thing or, you know, to write sure. a story. We're actually like using that for content. So I try and clean up best I can at editing. I can I could, and I think I did an okay job of reducing some of the background noise, but it is what it is. It's, it's, it's mostly just for the content. So those are, those are fun interviews. I listened to them. So you'll check those out at the end of the, at the podcast here. And uh, we'll stack them on top of each other so you can enjoy. One thing I would say in kind of closing on, on this thought is I thought Montana state came across as, 
confident. I think Coach Vegan has really crafted a culture at that in that program of just, hey, we work hard, but we're also pretty pretty damn good, and we're we're aware of that, but we're not. We accept uh, all the hype we're getting, and it doesn't phase us. But we're not really, you know, we're not. We don't celebrate that right now. We're just kind of business like and, and, and just confident and just cool. Yeah, and just they just feel comfortable in where they're at right now. And I think that's the best way to say it. They just feel comfortable being close to the top or near the top. I do have one fun question to ask you. Uh, I already asked you this offline, but let's I'll put it here. Is Sean Chambers as big as he looks on TV? Bigger. He's huge. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> he's huge, man. It's crazy. He, he looks smooth, too. Like, he's a good-looking dude. When you're up close to him, you're like, wow, man. He's a big California kid <laughs> across from you. Nolan Askelson, him and I are about the same height. So I, I was looking him in the eye, but his chest and shoulders, you're just like, holy smokes. Not One thing same. I did tell those guys off air, I was like, you know, stay healthy this year. And they're both looking at me like, yeah, man, like that's the game. That's the whole key is oh, being is. healthy. And we, we, we wish Nolan, especially, I mean, that guy has really suffered some season-ending injuries. Nolan, stay healthy, man. Sean. We're cheering for you. We're cheering for all the Bobcats, but uh, that's you know I was able to tell them that. And and another thing uh, you probably didn't hear in the conversation, we talked a lot of baseball. Nolan and Sean were both excellent baseball players, and uh, Coach Vegan. I talked a little baseball with him. He's a Twins fan, and um, I'm not. I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, but we all had some uh, good conversation around baseball. My uh, son has been watching a lot of baseball since we have a free subscription to mlb.tv through t-mobile and i've convinced him to be an orioles fan at a good time because orioles hey we're not so bad this year not so bad no you guys are doing pretty good yeah really moving on anyway right. baseball talk pretty soon you'll start talking tour de france here so let's keep this <laughs> let's keep this train rolling football related before it fully goes into the uh... espn ocho sports <laughs> But the problem is, I don't know where the train's going. Started, man. I want to keep the train going, but where's it going All next? Right, um, What's the next station? So let's circle back again. I guess let's wrap up the conversation about me being in Spokane. Hey, those interviews will be again at the end of the episode. And uh, also just like really think, you know, I just want to say thank you to the Big Sky Conference for just allowing us to continue to be part of that cool event so that's the unofficial start of the season and um it just gets me jazzed every time i get to go in it's really fun all right Thorny. um i think what we should do next is talk about the conference yeah let's spend like maybe down 20 like our predictions yeah 20 30 minutes tops getting through this and then let's do some golden question golden coolie questions to take us home how's that sound all righty. Sounds good. We have, we have a fun one that I liked. Somebody asked us a lot, and I we, we've actually thought about doing almost an entire episode based on that question. So we'll see how much time we've left for that one. But what I think we should do, um, start at the bottom and work our way up, uh, who we picked to finish last. And again, we went through, I have a spreadsheet. I know Foley's offline. I know he's got probably 35 pages of notes, scribbles everywhere. I tried that last year, and I end up ended up like, counting like a team playing each other 
each team won the game. Not possible, obviously. So I had some kind of wonky records at the end. So I'm like, I'm going to do a spreadsheet. I'm going to do some, because that's what I do for my job, basically. I mean, I just do spreadsheets all day. So I'm like, I'm going to cross-reference everything. I'll make sure there's no double victories here, double losses. Feeling pretty good about this. So let's start at the bottom. Who we picked to finish dead last in the conference as the schedule, as the results speak. I have Northern Colorado going 1-10 overall and laying a big fat goose egg in conference. That's interesting. I had Idaho State going 1-10. I, I had both Northern Colorado and Idaho State 1-7 in, in conference. So, who do you have Northern Colorado? Did you have beating? Northern Colorado? Idaho State. Well, let me flip through my <laughs> I 35 have pages of column notes. in in my spreadsheet in Northern Colorado. I got it right here. Okay. I even so, have color coded. This was, uh, <laughs> I gave them a generous win. I said the last game of the season, I had Northern Colorado beating Portland uh, State. I could just see mm-hmm. Portland State not caring at that moment and not Northern Colorado being being like, all right, we got one more. Ed Lamb, you know, rallying the troops one more yeah. time to knock off uh, Portland State. I don't want to spend too much time, especially the bottom teams here. Ed Lamb, new coach, taking over for the complete crap show that was the McCafferty Freaking nepotism you show. You can't say it right. Is it McCaffrey? There's no T. Yeah. I don't know why. Yes, I keep, I keep putting a T in no there. Tea. I don't know why. Forever there's going to be a T in there. <laughs> but good news for Greeley. Uh, the administration staff over at, at Northern Colorado, uh, your clipboards are probably safer. So that is good news. <laughs> Less, you, you, can, you can decrease your clipboard budget slightly. Okay. <laughs> So, Thorny, did you at least have ISU as number 11? Let me scroll back to the left. <laughs> yeah, I have them 1 in 10 overall, 1 in 7. Uh, their only victory over Northern Colorado. Oh, yeah. Because it's at home. I, have, I figured, I figured yeah, the Bengals I, beat Northern yeah. Colorado in Pocatello. That's, that's it. That's all. That's the only game they win. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's what I have as well. Okay, man. They start so off you with, and I just with uh, I had uh, San Diego State, Utah State, and Northern Iowa. Like, ugh. that's that's a tough for any school, man. That's tough for a top five, top ten program, let alone Idaho State. And then they play Northern Northern Colorado, and then they got the Grizz in Eastern Washington. And they play at SAC. They got Weber. They got UC Davis in Idaho. That's a that's a brutal schedule for. Young Hawkins, the other new coach in the league. Or how many new coaches do we get? There's Cody Hawkins, son of Dan Hawkins, uh, over at UC Davis. Probably the first father-son yeah, coaching Wolf. combo in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Somebody somebody verify this for me, please. Yeah, that could be it. Um, Paul Wolf's at Cal Poly. Uh, Jason Eck, well, he was there last year. Cody Hawkins, Idaho State. Going down, Mickey Mental. Yeah, took over at Weber. So I guess State. lots of new coaches. Jeez. Um, Andy Thompson is uh, at Sac State, so he's like a big so sky. Half the league alum. has new coaches. Ed Lamb at Northern Colorado. There you go. So, all right, we'll talk about. Uh, you said they have a brutal schedule. It's uh, let's see, Idaho State. Yeah, they. 
well, they do have a pretty tough schedule. So we'll get into how I scored those. But let's move on from picks 12 and 11, the bottom bottom tier. Who do you have at 10? Cal Poly Mustangs. Who surprisingly, Cal Poly. after being basically the worst football team I've seen in the Bay Side Conference in forever, are going to get three wins. They're going to beat San Diego, non-scholarship, who the Bobcats played last year, who fired their coach, Dale Lindsey. That's a mess. That is a whole mess down there. They they will beat them, and then they'll beat Lincoln, California, which is, I don't know what that school is, but they're not Division Two. They're yeah. not Division One. It's NAIA or something. And then they'll beat the Northern Colorado. So, one conference win and uh, three total wins. Moving on up. See, I have Cal Poly in the same spot, but I have them at four and seven, and I gave them a win at Eastern Washington. You're crazy. I am a little bit crazy on that one. I have no... Although... I was just like... they. Now I'm looking at the schedule. They play them the third last week of the season. And if Eastern has anything like, I think they might this year, and they had last year, where they're not good. Giving up. They're going to give up. Eastern Washington, when they're still playing for something, versus Eastern Washington, when they are out of the playoff picture, two completely different football teams. Another thing to think about Cal Poly, Cal Poly has a five-star recruit as their quarterback. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Heward. Ward Heward. Yeah. Yeah. The young Heward. From Washington. He could be a difference maker. So... I don't know how. Uh, Didn't Cal Poly have out. like a four-star had guy from to do Oklahoma with the... State last year or something? I thought they had a big-time transfer at quarterback last year, who was okay against the Bobcats. Sermon? No. Anyway, let's not spend too much time on Cal Poly. Either. Yeah, they're going to be bad. <laughs> they're going to beat two sub be sub like uh, they're going to be a non-scholarship FCS program. They'll beat some school I've never heard of, and then they they'll beat. One other team in conference, probably Northern Colorado. Maybe Eastern Washington, like you say. <laughs> Ooh. Actually, misspoke. My, my my next team was NAU. I had them at three and eight. Ooh. I had Cal Poly at four and seven. So, so NAU. Um, by the way, Cal Poly, when I scored it out, by far has the toughest schedule. Not even close. Not even close. I, I want to ask you real quick. When you're talking about our predicted over order of finish you're only talking about the conference rankings right like overall records don't matter uh, yes exactly okay so when i'm doing my strength of sca- are you talking about like how i do well, my strength yeah of I, like i have like a cal poly winning three games but only one conference game so if you're if you're talking about the predicted order of finish in the big sky conference it doesn't really matter what the outer conference is oh okay you i see what you're doing yeah well, I was doing total like four and seven is obviously 11 games. So I'm doing out of conference as well. Okay. I have mine ranked by conference win loss record. Well, we could do conference. I have mine. I, I got the conference schedules. Or the <laughs> it does, win it doesn't really on matter as well. I think it's going <laughs> to sort of. It's only going to matter when we get closer to the top. This bottom half does not matter. Okay. In a U four All and right. seven. Okay. I got them at. Uh, you said, well, I'm sorry. What do you say? Three and eight. Yeah, NAU. I have it at three and eight. I don't think NAU is going to be good at all this year. They have like I can't think of a single player for NAU off the top of my head, <laughs> and that's not usually the case. Usually, there's some guy who's like really good, 
that you can pinpoint, like a quarterback typically, but that's kind of dropped off, or a wide receiver. They had that uh, that guy's name was like Lucky Lucky something in the secondary the last couple of years. That I can't think of anybody. They had that little running back. I don't know if he's still there or not. Who was, little... their, who was their like a quarterback last year that just torched us? Was his name Martinez? Yeah, he's gone though. Yeah, he went to like uh, he went FBS somewhere. RJ Baylor, RJ Martinez. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's right. But yeah, they lost him. Yeah, I have them winning uh, Portland State, Northern Colorado, and Utah Tech. So that's the only wins I see on their schedule. Same, except I, I see them beating North Dakota for some reason. Because I feel like North Dakota and NAU play like every single year at a conference. This is not the first meetup. What? You have, North, you have them beating North Dakota? Yeah. Article's not that good. In the Solera Dome? Yeah, they're a dome team. They love dome. I don't know, man. They're... Dome away from dome. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That, I don't know. I yeah, I penciled that in as We're a lot. arguing too okay. much about the bottom team All right. here. Let's go on to number next? nine, right? Are we at number nine? <laughs> number nine? Sure. I got Portland State here. I don't know how we're doing this. Four and seven. Portland State. Let's see. Or no. Yeah, now we're getting confused. Because you... <laughs> we're so good at podcasting. You had NAU finishing 10th. How about this? Let's, we'll just go off of yours, and I'll just say what I have for them as well. All right? So Portland, Portland State, I do have as 4 and 7 as well. Okay, so we're moving and on. Three to and five point. in conference. Number nine, yeah, four and seven, three and five. That's exactly where I have Portland State as well. Sac State. Nice. I got number seven, man. This is, we're probably gonna start getting pretty different, I imagine. I got Sac State finishing six and five and four and four in conference. Whoa. Let's see. Where do I got Sac State? Six and five, four and four for me as well. But I have Eastern Washington in that spot. I have them five and six and four and four. Okay, so you have. Wait, you just said you agreed with me, but now you're not agreeing with me. I'm I'm so confused on what you're doing right now. Who do you <laughs> Who do you have at number seven? Uh, so to be transparent with you, I don't have a ranking of our teams. I'd never put these guys in first, second, third, fourth, fifth. <laughs> Why? I've been trying to piece Didn't it together. Didn't you say anything? I could. At any point leading up to recording this episode, <laughs> at any point recording this episode, I even asked you how you had them ranked by overall right. and by conference. No wonder you didn't have an answer. It makes sense now. Well, I have I have it all like, I have like everything <laughs> predicted out. I just need to put numbers to it. So I'll, I'll do that right now, okay? I'll go back and do that right now. Okay. I'll just... Do it by conference. Me, just give me a Do just give me a moment. Record. Doing it by conference? Oh man. Okay. Um That's all that matters. When, when you're who won the big sky, it doesn't matter if you beat Utah Tech and out of conference or if you beat Stanford and out of conference. It doesn't matter. Okay, would you believe this is our going to our sixth year, folks listening right now? Still. Doing, I mean, are we at the top of a game? I believe we're at the top of a game. This, doesn't, it's just, this is peak Arnor Cacast right here. 
All right, I'm going to recap for the folks while you sort your numbers out. I have Northern Colorado finishing 0-8. I got Idaho State finishing 1-7. I got Cal Polish. Cal Polish? Cal Poly also finishing 1-7. Northern Arizona finishing 2-6. and six. And I think that's probably where I am with Foley. I'm done. Okay. Start at the bottom. All right, I'm done. Give me 12 through 9. 12 through 9. So I had uh, Idaho State finishing last in conference, 1-7. and seven. Uh, Then I had a Northern Colorado, number 11, 1-7, but 2-9. and nine. Yeah, Total uh, Cal Poly at number 10. And then number 9, Northern Arizona. Two and six. Two and six. Conference three and eight overall. So we pretty much have the exact same bottom four, just slightly flip flop. You don't think anybody's laying a goose egg this year? No, I don't. Okay. I I feel like someone always is over, at least recently. Yeah. All right. Number eight. I have Portland State, four and seven overall. Yeah. Three and five. See, now we're now we're now we're talking. Now we're podcasting. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. Portland, yes. Portland State's okay. got uh, Portland State. They also play Lincoln. No, they they can't. I have that wrong. <laughs> what do, who does Portland State play in week three? North American. Never heard of them. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I deleted that somehow. Anyway. Who the heck's North American? I don't know. They probably play Lincoln, <laughs> California. But they start off with Oregon and Wyoming. That, and that's yeah. tough. Wait, who are, they, who are they playing week four? Okay. What do I have here? My spreadsheet method is falling apart real fast. <laughs> I have PSU at PSU. Week four, they have Cal Poly. <laughs> they host Cal Poly on week four. <laughs> oh, man. I screwed up their schedule. Whatever. It's all the same. Portland State finishing three yeah. and five. This is where I think things will get interesting. Now we're tying right back to this conversation. I have Sac State at number seven. Finishing just six and five and four and four in conference. Oh my gosh, me too. We're like in step with this. Yes, they're the only team I have finishing four and four, and four in, in conference. conference. They're the only team that's exactly five hundred. Because I just don't see them beating Idaho well, on the road. Me. I don't see them beating Montana State. I don't see them going into Washington Grizzly Stadium and winning. And I see them finally losing to UC Davis on the road in, in the Causeway Classic. So I think they have four losses. Conference. I, I'm in step with you on that. Yeah, for sure. Got them winning Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, Idaho State, Cal Poly. Yep, exactly. And then Nichols and then to start Texas A&M Commerce. Who seems to play a couple big sky yeah. teams. They're like the. Who did that last year? Was it like San Diego, the Torero? Well, yeah, they did that. And Utah Tech is on three different Big Sky schedules. They play. I said, I said Utah Tech. You didn't say Utah Tech. You said San Diego Toreros, and you said Texas A and M Commerce. Correct. I was wrong. <laughs> yes, you were right. I, all right. This is uh, this is where the Idaho fans listening to this are going to get all cranky with me. I have Idaho at six, finishing six and five, and five and three. Okay, so this is where we deviate. I put Eastern Washington next at six, at five and six, and four and four. Okay. I did have Idaho at five, 
seven and four and five and three. So same conference schedule, but I got them one more win overall. So you think they're going to beat, are they going to win one of their FBS games? Are we talking Idaho yeah, or Eastern I- Idaho. right here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. How did I score them? Pull back. So I got, they open up with Lamar. So that's a win. At Nevada, I'm giving them a win at Nevada. I think they can beat Nevada. So yes, I think they can. I just and then they lose they at will. Cal. Yeah, I think they lose at Cal too. Well, that's what I gave them. Fair so, enough. So, they're going to start. Uh, so, yeah. I think they're going to start two and one. So they, if we both, I if, think they, if if, if our uh, conference predictions come true, then they have to win an FBS game because if they lose both, like I have them penciled out, six and five, five and three. That's borderline. That is super borderline playoffs. That's probably out. Sure. Let me ask you, do you think they uh do you think they win Sac State? Because I have them beating Sac State but losing to Eastern. That's exactly how I have it too. So I like it. Uh so I got them winning Cal Poly. I got them I got Idaho beating Montana. Losing to Montana State. They're at Northern Colorado. They're gonna beat uh the Bears. I have them losing to Weaver and then winning at winning Idaho State. Pretty much That's exactly how I have so, it, too. The only difference is I have them losing to Nevada. That's the only difference we have in Idaho. Yeah. All right. So number five is where I have Eastern. I have them at six and five and five and three. So something devi- deviates there between us. Um, this is the first year I cannot tell you who Eastern's quarterback is. Don't know. And I'm looking at their schedule. When was the last time you could tell me, not tell me. So if you also have Eastern's them, quarterback if you is. also have them beating Idaho, they play Idaho State, Portland State, Cal Poly, and NAU. You're telling me they lose one of those games? Eastern? Yeah. Well, I'll just go through what I have. Must so have losing start off Portland versus State North then. Dakota State. Yeah, it's a loss. Hold on, hold on. So I'll just go through there. So at North Dakota State, they're going to lose, start off against the Bison. At Fresno State, I have another loss. Southeastern Louisiana, I have them as a win. At UC Davis, I have them as a loss. Idaho, like I said, I, I penciled that in for a win. They're going to beat at Idaho State. They're going to lose Weaver. Weaver comes to Cheney, but I think Weaver takes care of business there. At Portland State, I think they're going to lose that game. Portland State plays Eastern typically pretty they do. well. That's they kind do. of a fun that's game true. to watch if you get a chance to watch that game. Um, Cal Poly, I think that's a W for Eastern. They're going to lose against us in Bozeman. And then uh, they're going to beat Northern Arizona at the very end. Yeah, okay. So the difference is you, Portland State. I had them beating Portland State, but you're probably right. I'm thinking about that later in the season. Portland State's going to play them tough. They always do. It's in the worst home field advantage in the conference in, in Hillsboro, <laughs> Oregon. Yeah, I could see that. I could see Eastern Washington falling to four and four on that, but I don't really see a path to the playoffs here for Eastern. I don't either. That's a tough schedule. It's weird to think about Eastern just being like, like middle of the conference. And that's exactly where they ended up in the preseason polls. Both coaches and media Put them yep. right in the middle, seven. 
I think I they, seven would, or six would be right in the middle. I think play. they probably have the biggest chance of anybody Eastern to surprise people. Of all the teams on here that I'm expecting a little of, uh, Eastern Washington could easily win a couple of games to finish like, you know, eight and three. Yeah, that's a good point. Number four, UC Davis making the playoffs this year. Eight and three, six and two overall. They got a super easy schedule. They're going to lose to the Grizz. They're going to lose at Weber. They're going to beat everybody else. See, I have number four as the Grizz. I have them eight and three, five and three in conference. So you have them losing to Davis. Would be my Hold guess. on. Let me turn <laughs> my pages. Okay. So we're talking Grizzlies right now? We're talking UC Davis, but... Here's what I think the Grizz. But, oh, you're talking the Grizz. Oh, UC we're talking, Davis. We're talking number four spot is what we're talking all right, so I'm I'm gonna go through my number four team, the Grizz. I got them beating. Uh, they're not starting with Butler. Who are they starting with? Butler. That's what I have. Are the Grizz starting with Butler? Yes. But yeah, Butler. Okay, I thought they were starting with Ferris State. Anyways, uh, they're gonna beat Butler on. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna win at Utah Tech. That's a weird at. So Utah Tech used to be Southern Southern Arizona, right? Uh, no. Um, Dixie State. Dixie State. Okay, yeah. They're not Southern Arizona. Southern Utah. Yeah, there's no Southern What's Arizona. What's Southern Utah called? Southern Utah is still Southern Utah. <laughs> yeah, still the Thunderbirds. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Ferris State. Uh, so they're gonna the Grizz are gonna start with three wins. No, four. Isn't Ferris State like the, the they're defending, gonna win at Northern? The Ferris State's like the defending Division Two champ, aren't they? Yeah, I it's think okay. so. So there'll be some talk around that game. Yeah. So then they go to Northern Arizona. I still think that the Grizz start out 4-0. We're actually 5-0. So here's the deal. They play Idaho State in Missoula. So the Grizzlies are going to roll off five victories in a row, and every, everybody's going to be going, Momentum. The Grizz are back. Momentum. <laughs> Momentum. Bobby Houck crafting his momentous schedule. Yeah, it's gonna take. The, never mind. Sorry. And then the I'm quarterback hurts, gets uh, hurt. They're gonna lose, and then that. they lose like five games in a row. <laughs> at UC Davis, I got them with the L. At Idaho, I have them with the L. So the back-to-back losses: Northern Colorado. They're gonna win. Sac State. They're not gonna lose that game. I think they're gonna blow the doors off the of Sac State. Revenge. It's a ESPN game. Oh, that's an ESPN it's game. An Eight o'clock game. Has yeah, that's a night game. Have They're the Grizz get... won an ESPN conference game yet? I don't. I think they've lost every single one they've been in since the Big Sky hooked up with ESPN. Granted, I think they've both been against Eastern Washington, but they lost them both. Are that's the Grizz on ESPN their Super cursed Bowl on for conference games? Oh, this could be, but uh, that Sac State game is going to be their. It's going to be their new Eastern Washington game, essentially. You know, you know what I mean when I say I, that. I do. So, I do. That's their Super Bowl. That's their Super Bowl for the year. In fully know well, knowing full well, oh my gosh, that uh, they play us in the rivalry game. Uh, they're going to be Portland State, and I think uh, the Cats come in on the 18th of November and just continue to wax the Grizzlies. So there's there's how I pan that out. I don't like predicting Cat Grizz games ever. But the few time, the, like the one time we'll kind of talk about it is like super early in the season when it doesn't really, 
it's easier to talk about in a way because mm-hmm. there's, there's no pressure. Right. And until the Grizz prove they can stop the plus one run game, but that the Cats run, I, 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 can't, I can't pick against the Cats in this game. It, the only time the Cats or lost to the Grizz kind of is when they, when they had a quarterback <laughs> who didn't like throwing the ball as much. And that wasn't his forte. Matt McKay. I mean, you, you had guys like Chris Murray beating the Grizz. You had, you had Troy Anderson beating the Grizz. Those guys couldn't throw a ball anywhere. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, uh, I, okay. unfortunately, when I penciled this in, I had the Grizz finish in third, 9-2, and 6-2. and two. The only thing, the difference I have between your Grizz game is I think they beat UC Davis. I think that's the only difference I have from what you just read. Because I also had them okay. losing to Idaho and the, the Cats. So I think they have three total losses, but they're going to finish nine or six and two. They'll probably get like a four seed and have a home games all the way to the championship game. Based solely on their hey soft ass they lose. I think, well, it's not as soft as you think it is. Like when I did my strength of schedule, they're right next to us, actually. Fair enough. They're just, their hard games are not on the road. So I didn't take account when I when I when I did my strength of schedule. I didn't take account for home versus away oh, because I was you got to build that into the algorithm in the whole system. Build it in. I, I didn't know how to. <laughs> okay. Uh all right. Let's move on. Okay. We're we're getting up against this twenty minutes. We we're going to talk about this. Um, yes, we are. Number number three. I had the grid. I have Weber State in three. All right. So I had Weber. Eight and three, um, and six and two in the conference. You have the Grizzlies, so turn over to Weaver for me, real quick. Weaver State, Mickey Mantle, new coach. I don't know anything about these guys, man. Like, I know who's that guy that was quarterback for Weaver against us oh. at the very end of the season. Braxton, he's back. No, the B, right? So yeah, he he's the guy that came in because we hurt the other quarterback, and then he threw a couple annoying touchdowns at the very end to keep it close. You know who I'm talking about? Sure. Yeah. Anyways, he's back. Uh, let's see. Weavers to start off with Central Washington. That's a win. Uh, at Northern Iowa, I got them as a win. Me at too. Utah, that's a loss. Um, okay. Um, they're going to lose against us, Montana, or excuse me, Montana State. That's us. Uh, Northern Colorado, I got them as a win. Northern Arizona, I got them as a win. I have them beating UC Davis. That's a coin flip. Uh, and I have them beating Eastern Washington at Idaho State. That's a win. I have them losing to Idaho late in the season and a win at Cal Poly. Man, I had the same thing for you, except uh, they beat Idaho. So they basically lose to Utah, Montana State in week four, and th- then they don't lose again. They finish 7-1, and 9-2, and two, and finish second in the conference. There's talent down there. They got a pretty there. easy schedule. They got the, the 10th easiest schedule, according to my algorithm. Of all of the coaching changes in the league, I'm least concerned about Weber State. 
Jay Hill's got that thing built up right now. Weber State's invested in facilities. They have a culture going. Jay Hill was there for, was there for a long time. And was Mickey mental part of Jay Hill staff? I can't remember. Last year he was, yeah. He was the offensive That's coordinator. That's right. Like last year was his first year, I think. But either way, I, I think he can keep it going. And he's got a pretty nice schedule to work with. So I think Weber State finishes second, 9-2. and two. Same record as the Grizz, but they finished seven and one versus six and two for the the Grizz. So number two for you is that who you have? I got Davis, number two. Davis. You just have them beating Weaver, basically, right? And they finished seven and one. I have them nine and two, seven and one. Yeah, they have the easiest schedule out of all. Big Sky Conference teams, UC Davis, easily takes the cakewalk schedule. Yeah, you you hear a lot of people talking about... Only losses I have is uh, uh, Weber State and Oregon State. That's all I have. That's all I could see them losing. Yeah, you talk about, uh, you know, people picking UC Davis kind of as a surprise team, whatever. It's not that I think UC Davis is like the second best team in the league. It's just you look at the schedule, like... They're gonna finish well. I had them at six and two, but they can easily be seven and one. They could easily. They I mean they could possibly go undefeated in in league with that schedule. I mean they could lose at sack. Oh that's yeah, the, that's a rivalry game at the end of the year. So, I mean, I at worst I see three losses for Davis. Montana, Weber State, Sac State, potential losses yes. for them. Yep, they're not gonna lose to Eastern at home. They're not gonna lose to Cal Poly, NAU, PSU, or Idaho State. Those are all pretty much. As guaranteed as it gets. I mean, Easter could be tricky, but it's at home. So, blue. Yeah. So, Davis, I got number four, but yeah, they, they can finish leaves. as high as number one. Who's your number two team? Uh, Weaver State. So, I have Weaver huh. State at number two because they're only going to lose to Montana State in league. That's what I penciled in. So, that's basically okay. the only difference between you All and right. me is Weaver State and UC Davis because you have um, Weaver State losing to Davis, and I have Davis beating Weaver State. That's the only difference in our in our top two there. And that's a coin flip game. That'll be a Which fun game to watch. Both, both you and I have Montana State number one. First time in since we've ever done this podcast that we both are in agreement. Montana State or even. Ranking Montana State number one. I don't know, maybe last year I would have to go back. I think both of you and I had the Grizzlies above preseason. Probably. Montana State, knowing that, that we lost like Troy Anderson, Daniel Hardy, Lance McCutcheon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whole, last year was like, I was, I was a little uncertain after that amazing run to the title game, after losing all that amazing senior talent. I remember being a little uncertain. Brent Vigan was last year flashing the pan, all that storyline, all that good stuff. The offensive line, I remember being pretty concerned about them. My apologies, all you guys listening out there. You guys were fantastic last year. I ate some serious crow. But yeah, when I when I when the schedule first came out for Montana State, I'm like, that is brutal. All of the all of the road games were against playoff teams. Every single road game against the for the Cats in conference is against a playoff team. But that doesn't look so painful now when Sac State lost um, Troy Taylor and 
uh, Weber State lost Jay Hill. That softened the blow a little bit. I'm not saying it's easier. I'm not saying it's, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not, I'm saying it's easy, but I, I actually think the cats can run the table in conference looking at the schedule. I think we got Weber first have, conference man. game of the season. I think that's an advantage for the Bobcats because Weber State probably still be trying to figure out a little bit what they're doing with the new coach, trying to kind of kind of just kind of figure things out a little bit early on. Uh, they'll be looking for revenge, but it'll be nice weather down there. I think we I think we can roll into Ogden and win. Portland State should be a win at home. Cal Poly easy win at home. Sac State's the one where I was like, I have it highlighted as the game that I it kind of was 50-50 for me on the road. I just feel like we don't play real well in California. Um, that could be tough. Idaho, I feel like people might pick that game as a game we're going to lose. I feel like being in a dome is going to suit the Bobcats really well. We can we can run that. <laughs> Tommy Watt can make I- as many cuts as he wants in the dome. <laughs> I don't know. We, I, I feel like if we played in Northern Arizona around that same time last year, and then that went down to the very wire. So I don't know if I believe that. I have that game as a loss, and I have us losing to South Dakota State. I penciled in us as nine and two and seven and one in conference. Did you have anyone else seven and one? Yes, you, you, you had UC I Davis. Did. It was UC Davis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, but when you're talking about comparing the Kibbe Dome in Moscow, Idaho versus the walk-up Sky Dome, which is just a weird venue, it's really high elevation and it's really hard to get to. Those are those, not quite the same thing. Everyone struggles at NAU, like everybody. It's just a weird place to play. So I'm not sure I buy the Good point. dome problem necessarily. Uh, there'll be lots of Bobcat fans, I think, at Idaho too. So that'll be, that'll be a fun game. It could easily be a loss. So don't get me wrong, but I just think... I think the Cats win that one. And then the rest of it, uh, NAU, Eastern at home. Eastern, presumably, second last week of the season, probably not going to be their best football, their best foot forward. And then we got the Grizz, which, like, <laughs> I, like I talked about, I, until the Grizz can stop our running game the way we are running it now, I don't see anything changing. Until they prove they can change it. 8-0, baby. Outright champs. That's Can't what believe I it. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Both you and I are sitting here espousing Montana State as their number one and feeling completely comfortable. Yeah. And that's go back full circle to the conversation about me going to the kickoff and talking to these guys. Comfortability. That's how I felt when I was there at Montana State. They just they just seem to own it. Coach Vegan is as cool as a character as I've been around. That guy, he doesn't seem to get rattled. He gets it fiery for sure, but I don't feel like he, like, this is like, uh, I asked him a question about it. I was like, does this keep you up at night? Like the pressure of being at Montana State. Montana State's at an all-time high academically, uh, just athletics. The whole institution, Montana State is just buzzing right now. I was like, does the pressure get to you? He goes, nah, I enjoy it. You want to be at a place like that. I was like, there you go. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the answer. There you go. Wouldn't be here if there was no expectations, yeah. right? Lots of places you could coach and I be, love it, man. Win four games a year and keep your job for ten years. Ernest Collins, yeah. Northern Colorado, prime example of that. Do things the right way. Great guy, good coach. Like as far as like 
turning young men into men, but winning football games, not so much. But he stayed there for like, what, nine years? Was Ernest Collins? He was there for a long time. Plenty of guys like that. But you want to be in a place where that's not going to cut it. Thorny, we're like an hour and five minutes into this. Well, should we call it a day? We're going to tack on the the golden coolies and... So we're going to tack on the interviews at the end of this. Um, Or do we just want to do one big fat episode? Why don't we just finish up the golden coolie questions? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be in there 20 minutes to talk, though. Oh, yeah. That that last one is going to take a while. But you ain't working tomorrow. What do you think? All right. If you want to go for it, man, we can do it. Bleeding Blue asks us, first question right off the bat, coming in hot, Bleeding Blue, does WMG, Willie Mac Garza, have a job come November? Uh, Yes. Yes, he does. I I I don't care how sure. bad the defense is playing. I don't think they'll be bad. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I don't. Even if they're atrocious, I just don't see Vegan firing anybody in the middle of the season. Just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Maybe maybe he'll take over play calling duties. Maybe he'll like all right, daily you're you're calling it from here on out. He's not going to fire anybody though. Yeah, I can see that. Yes, I, I would agree with you. He does have a job come November, no matter. I mean, <laughs> maybe the elephant in the room is, hey, DUI for both of our, both of our coordinators. <laughs> you well, so we seems were to be like a non-issue yeah, for some reason. We were we were we've been talking for weeks, months. Do we address this on this podcast? That we'll call that addressed. I mean. Yeah, that's as, uh, probably as much as I want to say in the DOI situation in our program, which is just not a good look. But it's a, it's apparent that uh, we're going to keep keep the guys in the program and just move on and do what we can to help them out, whatever we're going to do. So they they both have jobs in terms of uh, performance on the field by the end of the season. I I do think that the defense is going to be better. We'll talk. I about do too. It. We'll talk. For no for no other reason, like if you could just say second second year under the same scheme, yes. You take the next one. Okay. Thorny, getting back on track. I'm gonna go to the next one. Joe Catch Joe. That's a fun name. Joe new Catch poster. Joe. Diggity dump. Uh, we'll, Diggity dump. Joe Catch Joe. Sorry. <laughs> Will our secondary take a step forward now that we have a full season of Ryland Ort? I think so. I don't really, I mean, Ryland Ort's probably part of it, but I also think like Drew Polidor going to safety is a big deal. I think that's a better fit for him. I think Miles Jackson's going to have himself like a breakout season opposite of Simeon Woodard. I think Simeon Woodard's just going to have a better season. I mean, he, he had a, a fantastic freshman year. Um, sophomore season, kind of a little slump. I think Simeon's going to be doing just a little bit better back there. Also think our nickelback, I think uh, having Lavelle Price and, uh, Keaton Dollar, I think, is one of the, you know, from what I've heard, is could be one of the guys that could be one of the breakout stars of the defense. So overall, yes, I think the secondary is going to take a step, and it has a little bit to do with Ryland Ort, but I think it has way more to do with just comfortability within the system and just players being players. I think we've got some dogs out there. I don't think... Last year was a combination of... uh... 
maybe the new coach, coaching mechanics, not a good mesh, and also just a little bit of deficiencies in talent. Like, uh, I don't want to pick on anybody here, but, you know, Kendrick Bailey needed to be better than he was last year, and he got a lot more minutes than you would like him to see. And then the transfer from Arizona, ready short, um, just didn't really pan out. So I think, like you said, full season of Raylan Ort and Drew Polidor, I have big expectations for. Just that alone, I think it's going to make the second secondary better. Just that, those two guys, just the safety play alone will take a step forward. All righty. Let's get to the the meaty question that we've been preparing for. Yes. Way too much preparation, in fact. Like, I have a... Okay, let's just read it, and then we'll get into it. Logger Cat. And Logger Cat, you're just going to win the Golden Coulee because this is a... It's a fun question. It's fun. This is week one. Yeah, it's a really good one. You're the coaches for the week. Foley is the OC. Thorning takes on the DC role. Who will your starters be? Oh, I saw this one come across. I just got pumped. I was like, I was like, yes, this is a great yeah, question. Yeah, because you got the offensive coordinator. Like, all right, picked you as the OC, man. How come Foley got to be the OC? Huh? Huh? Well, that I thought defense <laughs> is actually a little easier to pencil this one in because when it comes to the offensive line, we have an embarrassment of riches, and I had to go do some research. I contacted Bill Lamberty. I sent a, a private message to Vim. Which he responded to me, and I haven't read yet. I see it sitting in my mailbox uh, right man, now. You know that's full I'll of gold, right? That, uh... Vim, Vim messages are just <laughs> pure gold. All right. So, I'll start it off. Outside receiver, I'm thinking Cleveland Thomas. Seventh year. Seventh year of the Van Wilder year. The Van Wilder year. I think uh, that guy, well, one, we all know he came on late last season and he was just having himself. His game against South Dakota State was year, fantastic. He was like the lone bright spot on the offense against South Dakota State. Okay. So Cleveland, I got it as the X receiver, what they call the slot receiver, the H receiver, the big dude. And th- I'm going to have trouble with his name. Lanyada Alexander Jr. Am I saying that right? Uh, the last name is Alexander. They call him Junior. Junior Alexander. His his name is Lanyada Junior Alexander, but they okay. just call him Junior. Well, I'm going to slot him in there because Tacos Tacos hurt. So, which is unfortunate. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to slot. Yes, and then Z receiver, a guy I don't we've never saw, but we've heard he has elite speed. Ty McCulloch. So, haven't seen him. Don't know what he looks like. There's not even a picture of him on the website yet. But uh, heard Vegan talk about him. Uh, behind him would it be like a guy we know about, Christian Anaya. I think he's kind of an up and coming hey. receiver for the Whoa, Bulls. whoa, whoa. Okay, so the, Pump the brakes those are my here. Three to- okay. He asked us to name starters. Don't be going all too deep on me. I did not pre- prepare for a too deep. I got okay. my starters, and that's what I got. <laughs> don't ask me for okay. a too deep that's fair enough fair enough um all right so this is where i went off the rails a little bit on a crazy train offensive line i'm going left tackle rush Schreiner. i think he's a prototypical left tackle i know he came out of spring 
as a guard. No, I th- I just think they're trying to get him position versatility, left tackle, rush driver. Okay. Uh preseason. Is he preseason All American or is his big sky first team? I can't remember. Anyways, he's a badass. Let me look up Rush while you keep talking here. I'll, I'll find it. I'm going left guard, Omar Abidian. And I'm not sure if I should put JT Reed on that side because that's where he was playing in the spring. Here's the thing, Thorny, and this thing we, you and I probably have never talked about playing left and right side. It's not as easy as we probably fans think. Oh, those are huge. Go do something with your left hand and just do do that with, you know, and try to go do that with your right hand. You have to have the muscle memory in order to be pretty fluent going back and forth. So I'm going Omar Ibidian, left guard. I'm going Justice Perkins in center. I'm going JT Reed on right guard. And then I'm going Connor Moore. You got Connor right Moore back. sliding in there. And huh? I could. Yeah, see, I don't know, though. That's that's one thing I'm like, well, because I don't know if he has a right right tackle. I don't, I don't know if he's ever played on the right side. I know he's played on the left side. Fully. Can he learn the right side? If fully. not, Marcus Ware would be a perfect fit in there. So I'm, I got to stop I'm you here, all in my fully. head on this. You're, you're, not a, you're not a fan picking this out. You're the <laughs> offensive coordinator, okay? Make the decision. Make who's starting, Foley. Who's starting your game? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm gonna put Connor Moore. I'm gonna put him in his big ass chair right. out on the yes. right side. There's a I chiseled got big dudes on the tackles. He does, man. I love it. All right. I'm going. This was a hard one for me. Quarterback. I just did not say Tommy. I was going back and forth. I was like, Sean Chambers, Tommy. Sean Chambers, Tommy. I, I went with Tommy. Okay, here Tommy Malott, starting quarterback. Okay. Good. Running choice. back. This was another tough yes. decision for Good me. Luck. Uh, three people came to mind. Elijah Elliott, Jared White, and Marquis Johnson. I picked Elijah Elliott. I think Elijah Elliott's going to be our bell cow this year. I think it's none of those three. I think Marquis was like, I was leaning into Marquis. I'm like, I love watching Marquis have the ball in his hand. <laughs> that guy. He's like lightning in a bottle. I love watching him. So I almost put Marquis Johnson. I don't even see there. I don't think it's any. Hey, of those I am the offensive coordinator. All right, who who is it then? Are you? I give you one chance. So you, are you thinking that Lane Sumner is number four back in this rotation? Oh my gosh, I love Lane Sumner just as much as everybody, but he's not Elijah Elliott, man. He's he's not Mark. He doesn't have the speed of Marquis Johnson. He does everything well. He just doesn't every. He doesn't do anything elite. Okay, well, you're, you're the offensive coordinator. I'm I'm a, I'm just a lowly defensive yeah. coordinator over here. <laughs> I mean, tight end, tight end. I got Derek Snell. How could you not? Play? I mean, train Pickering. Come on, like embarrassment of riches, right there. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I, going Derek Snell. They're on the field at the same time, right? Isn't there? Is there a fullback and tight end? Yeah, you call that twelve personnel. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many stars have you named? 
two tight ends, one fullback. So you get like three wide receivers, a running back, quarterback, five linemen, tight end. Okay. Don't do math right now, Thorny. Yeah, I was hoping you. I, hope, I was hoping you were counting along because I actually lost lost count in the middle of me talking. It I don't. Did. I don't like to listen to myself. I got it done. I, I tuned myself out really well. Okay, that's a good looking offense, fully. Good looking up. What's your first play? Thank you. What's your first play from scrimmage? Oh gosh, I wasn't prepared for that. Uh I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. One That's I tough one. one that I think you did prepare for. Um I wanted to stick. No, I got it. I got it. Okay. Time out. I got it. Wheel route to Derek Snail. I love the wheel <laughs> route. Of course you would say throw it to the tight end. Of course, Ryan Foley, as the offensive coordinator, throws the ball to the tight end first play of the game. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, of course. I'm just saying it fits. The shoe fits. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Breakout player. Ooh. For me? Which yeah. one? Offense or defense? Offense. Yeah. Offense. Uh, Cleveland Thomas. That's a good pick. Me a breakout player of the year. That is a good pick. I like that pick. Okay. Are we switching to defense now? Okay. Yes, sir. Let's do it. This one is a uh, solidified in some spots, but there's definitely some question marks I have. Um, Sebastian Valdez, Blake Schmidt, easy interior, best interior in the, interior in the conference. Those guys played really well together last year. They got better as the year went on. They're going to be bigger, stronger, faster this year. <laughs> Valdez, can I make all American picks? That's, that's the one place where Montana State. Hold on, I, that's the one place where Montana State needs to have improvement, though. To do not improvement with those guys, but with the depth, absolutely. That's the place where Montana State got worn out, those two players were taking probably what? What do you think? Like 80 90 percent of the snaps? Let's just say 80 percent. I guess South Coast they need to be like taking that. 60 to 65. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's a that's a place of improvement for Montana State. I feel like we can, ex- step, go no, it's okay. I feel like we can have a whole episode on maybe more breakdowns the offense defense if we want to we still have time before the season rolls around um but you're right absolutely the beyond the starters that's where things really have to improve uh i have brody greeby on the strong side i got kenneth iden trotting out there on the left side i like ben seymour i like him a lot i think he is a pass rusher i think kenneth iden is kind of in that same mold i'm not sure kenneth iden is big enough uh but I, I just feel like you bring Kenneth Iden out there on first downs and maybe even second downs, and you bring in Ben Seymour on third downs or maybe a second and long or something like that. So if you're asking for my starting guys trotting out there, play number one, Kenneth Iden. You shaking your head over there? What are you doing? What's going on? I think Kenneth Iden is more of a third down guy. But so is Ben Seymour, unfortunately. Third and fourth down guy. You got to, someone's got to take a step to be the every down back or every down the edge. Excuse me. I don't know. That could be a weak spot, maybe, perhaps. That's a, that, that could also be a spot if David Alston figures it out. He's the only one who's got the real size for Let's that see. spot. Let's see. Kidd is not necessarily. Would you call that the weak side? Or is that the strong side? No, I mean, I pencil in the weak side. The. Uh, Buck-ish spot, where they call it like the five eye. I don't know. I'm getting getting the weeds there, but yeah, the kind of the weaker side. Okay, 
Because I got Greeby holding it down. Because Greeby was that guy two years ago. Greeby bulked up and became the strong side guy. And I'm not not sure that entirely fits him, but he's the best guy for the spot currently. Okay. All right. Keep going. You're the DC, not me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I am. Honestly, like that's that's, right. (laughs) Those guys, I think those guys get relatively equal reps. Maybe Seymour Seymour will get a little bit bit more. But I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm putting Iden out there, number one. Simeon Woodard, one side. I got Miles Jackson holding down the other side of that. I think it's his time. I think he's put in the effort. He's had a couple bad luck here and there, but this is his time to really shine. I think think he's going to have a breakout year, possibly. not saying he's my breakout player, but he's going to have a good year. So that's what I got. Corners. Uh, Linebackers. Super easy. Also, we got Nolan Askelson and Danny Yulilakepa. Did I do it? Did I do it? It's better than what you normally do. Okay. Danny <laughs> you. Danny you back there at our two Danny linebacker you. spots in our four two five. Rylan Ort way back there and Drew Polidor at the free safety. I think he's going to get that nod. Um I'm not even sure who's com- competing with. Is it Tyson Pottinger? But I think I like what I saw from Polidor in the spring game last year. I think he is primed. His size wasn't as big as I thought, but he he's like he's that guy who like looks big, but then you look at his stats, he's like 182 or something. So he's, he's not that big. But he looked big. He's got like big arms, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he just looks big for a cornerback. Yeah. He's 6'2. Maybe 6'2, 182 just looked like a massive cornerback. <laughs> Maybe that's what the what it was. But um, I think those two guys are gonna be good duo on the back end. And then where I had the hardest time figuring out who I'm going to start is at Nickelback. Do I start Caden Dowler, mm-hmm. Lavelle Price Jr., or potentially even Aiden Parks? Those are the three guys I think you kind of have there. Essentially, I settled on Caden Dowler based on what I've heard from uh, people watching him play and the fact that he's just got the bigger size. So if I'm going with my kind of first down package, Caden uh, Dowler's a little you know, substantially bigger than Lavelle Price Jr., who I think will play quite a bit. But I think Caden Dollar is going to be the guy that's going to get my nod on first down in the four two five because he's like what six one two o two or something. He's pretty good sized. Yeah, I looked at it yesterday. That sounds about right. He's at two hundred pounds. Lavelle six Price four, Jr. is like five eight one seventy or something. <laughs> he's a typical cornerback size and the biggest guy. Which is fine. So you want something like that though, like on a passing down. So I think I think I think we'll see a rotation at Nickelback, but Caden Dollar's my man first down. And I'm calling a blitz because that's I'm the defense coordinator. I'm blitzing on first down. And I'm getting fired <laughs> real fast. <laughs> oh man, I love this dude. This is so much fun. That's such a good question. That was fun. That, that, like I, I contacted quite a few people. I'm just perusing through uh, Vim's long response. He is so good at just breaking stuff down. Man, he should be doing this podcast, not us. Uh, well, I think it's a more fun question than than who do you think will be the starters. It's like putting you in the shoes, like picking yeah. who you want on your defense. So it's a slightly different question. It's a slight, slightly different angle, and that's at least that's how I interpreted it. So I had fun with it. Yeah, 
I just think, okay, there you go. All right. So my defensive breakout player read. to round it off, Drew Pollerer. I was, I was reading through the Bobcat Nation uh, message Ooh. board and people picking their breakout players. I don't think I saw him one time. People picking Caden Dowler on the defense. A couple guys picking Danny Yu. I think Drew Pollerer is going to have a big year. Nice, man. I like it. I really do. That's a good pick. Well done. All right. I think we did it. Logger cat. Well done, man. I don't think you have a, a golden coolie. I'm going to send you one, bro. He has Woo! to. He has to. <laughs> hour and 30 minutes into this, man. Yeah. Logger cat, get at me. Yeah, you probably do have a golden coolie. Maybe you don't have the, the latest version of our golden coolies. And plus, I have some other swag. When uh, you don't stickers. just get a golden coolie from me, Thorning, you get stickers, but you also get a magnet. I get I you get three things oh, that's in the mail right. from Mr. Full. Do I have a so. magnet? I don't did you send me a magnet? I no, I bought a new magnet. fridge. The fridge I do. the fridge in my house that I moved into originally, nothing would stick to it. I don't know what's made out of. Not made out of metal. <laughs> Magnets would just like fall straight off it. But that fridge broke. I had to buy a new fridge. Now we got magnets. Now we got all the kit art. We got everything up there. Send me, send me a, a magnet, right. please. Okay, I will. All righty. Or I'll pick it up next week. I'm driving to Montana. We are done, man. Yeah, just do that. That'd be That's easier. Way easier, cheaper. I think we are done, man. Well, that was a fun episode. That was a. Uh, I think we probably started off a little rocky, so I apologize. That's how it always goes. It's been three months. A little bit rusty. A little bit of awkward pauses. And I'm pretty sure we had some big lag going on on our recording program in the beginning. I see it cleared up now, but there's delays. So we're probably talking over each other. Kind of a mess, but it was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was good to get back into it. A longer episode, but uh, it's it's the off season. Everyone will just listen to it over the course of like a week or two, right? Piecemeal. Piecemeal that thing. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> All righty. Um, if you have any interest in sponsoring the podcast for the upcoming year, we if you paid attention, we are sponsorless at the moment. You can reach out to us on Twitter, RRCatCast. You can find us on the web, RRCatCast.com. You can email us, probably best for business inquiries, RRCatCast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on those things if you're just a listener and you want to connect with us in any way. Those are also the places to reach us. Ryan Foley, that was fun, man. Let's do that again here soon. Let's get out of here, though. Go Cats. Go Cats. All right, now I'm here with senior Nolan Askelson, a Billings native, former math guy himself, just like myself. Uh, Nolan, you're wearing number 41 this year, being a Montana native. What does that mean to you, bud? Oh, uh, yeah, it's an honor. Um, you know, just thinking back to the guys who've worn it before me and just how much respect I have for those guys and everybody had for those guys. And they just always did stuff the right way. Um, they were all leaders in their in different ways for each of them. But, you know, they all earned everything they ever got here. And that's that's the thing I love, man. They were tough. They worked hard. Uh, guys, high integrity, high character, understood what Montana State football was about. And, yeah, just to be able to, to be mentioned with those guys, it's an honor for sure. Growing up in Billings, did you always want to be a Bobcat? Um, honestly, uh, I it wasn't like 
my dream. Um, like I had told you before, I was really a baseball guy, so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. But as I got older into high school, started playing football, um, I definitely gravitated towards Montana State. And as soon as I started thinking about football and considering that option, it, it definitely was my dream to, to be a Bobcat. What position did you play in baseball? Um, everywhere mainly, but uh, through high school I was – a lot of outfield, center field. Uh, same question I asked Sean is, what do you think your role is on our team? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, obviously, as number 41, you kind of got to, I wouldn't say heart and soul of the team, but you got to bring that toughness, um, you know, definitely a lead by example. Um, yeah, it's got to be tough, have heart. Uh keep guys remind guys of the big picture remind guys why we're here what we do what we do um and just on defense just just fly around uh make plays special teams do whatever they ask me man i love special teams i want to play on all of them um i just want to do whatever i can to help the team win I know I'm going to ask Coach Vegan about this, but it's probably a little bit about leadership in my eyes. I mean, you and Sean are here as, like, leaders of the team. How do you guys mentor, the like, the young guys coming into the program? Like, and what does Coach ask you to do for that? Uh, yeah, um, it's it's tough for young guys because I think we have a really strong culture and, and we expect a lot out of ourselves and uh, – a lot of accountability so you know some guys who may come in a little bit immature you kind of just got to take them under the wing uh try to tell them how we do stuff but more importantly show them how we do stuff you know uh lead by example uh and just just be open and, and make them feel at home you know i remember as a freshman it, it can be scary walking in there looking at some of the seniors you know they look like grown men and you feel like a kid still so just making them know that, yeah, that they're a part of the team and, and that they belong there and that we, we trust in them and, and that just we're excited to have them there. Who are some of the young linebackers that uh, you see coming up that you're excited about? Oh, I, the whole room, dude. I love the whole room. I love our linebackers. Um, I think we're one of the tightest knit groups on the team. Um, as far as younger guys, I mean, I, I got to shout out my boys Danny, McCade. Uh, honestly, all of them, Neil Daly's has made some huge improvements. He's looking awesome. Um, we just got Eli Abey in our room. He's awesome. Love him. Um, I think he found his home there. Jason Fitzgerald. We got transfer Cole Bullock. He's fitting right in. He's, he's coming a long way. He's going to do some things for us this year. All of them. Ryan Cray, Zach Label, um, even the freshman that just got in. Um, yeah, I, I love all of them, and I think all of them could have an impact on, on special teams at the least. It's good to hear. Um, one of the things I know, like, the fans are talking about is well, they want to see a little bit more consistency in the defense. So what do you think the defense needs to do to maybe just take the next step this year? Yeah, um, we just got to get that much more in tune with the defense and, and owning your job, owning your assignment, knowing it like the back of your hand. I think that's that's the thing that when a player's uh, game starts to elevate, it's, it's when it just becomes instinctual. You're not out there thinking. You just see and you react. Uh, you've done it so many times that it's just a habit. Um, so I think just diving in the playbook, getting reps, making every rep count through fall camp so, so when the season comes, 
comes, like I said, it's, it's, you're just reacting. You're not thinking. Um, do you have a favorite game as a Bobcat? Ooh. I mean, I would say Cactus this year. Um, it, did, it wasn't. Personally, it was a tough game for me. Um, but aside of that, um, you know, I think back to, I think it was 2019, the Cal Poly game. We won in overtime. That was a pretty exciting game. Um, uh, it's hard to say. There's been so many, so many great memories. But even with it, I, I still think just having game day and, and the way that game went this year at Cat Grizz, I think it's probably going to stay with me the longest. What's it feel like being in the locker room during that time? Like, uh, you know, half halftime and then after the game like what's it like could you give like maybe our fans just like a little like pull back the curtain moment like what's it look like what's it feel like uh well halftime there's there's no celebrating going on man there's there's still work to be done and you know we're not gonna take it easy on those guys so so we're we're staying dialed but yeah after that game it was awesome i mean get in there with your guys uh just celebrate i think i gave every single dude a hug told them i loved them um, you know, for those seniors to be able to to get that that championship that that's been evading us for a decade, you know, is super special. And I don't, I couldn't think of a better group of guys that, that senior class last year that was more deserving. So, uh, yeah, just being in there and. You know, obviously we had work to be done, but just for that night, just to be able to just take it in, uh, be proud of what we had done, and acknowledge all the work we had put in to get there. Um, yeah, that one night was was awesome, man, and, and it just just the love for in the team that we have for each other was just so evident in that locker room. It's like one of the greatest days being a Bobcat, waking up seeing. And Montana State on game day. I mean, that was, that's such a huge moment. And then just to throttle the Grizzlies was such so satisfying, right? Um, all right, last question, man. Uh, what was it? Was it mean for you to have a successful season this year? Um, man, I I think we all all know that uh, we're trying to win a national championship. That's what it's about this year. Uh, we've been close, but close isn't what we've been aiming for. So, at the end of the day, we got to win that last game of the season. Um, but to that, you know, just just as men grow, um, learn to battle adversity, overcome obstacles. Um, I think as long as we stick together, I think it's going to be a successful season. I know, man. Thanks. Thank you. All right, this is Ryan Foley with the RNR Catcast. I'm sitting here with Sean Chambers. Sean, how you doing today, bud? Doing well. Not too bad. Right on, man. Uh, first question I got for you was: Davis, your favorite game last year? Favorite game? No, no. I think uh, my favorite game was either Cat Grizz or the second Weaver game. Why the second Weaver game? That was fun. I don't know. We just kind of got after him a little bit, and it turned out to be a good game. And it was, I think, it was just a fun, good environment. So, yeah. I was thinking it was going to be the Davis game. I mean, that was a, that was fun too, but I don't know. The most fun game was probably or Cat Grizz. Cat Grizz was a good time. Cat Grizz was, I mean, turned out to be like such an epic day for the Cats. Like, what did it mean to you? Like, being a first year Bobcat last year, like, how did you feel about that day? Yeah, I mean, it felt good, obviously, to get a win, but um, leading up to the game the entire time, my teammates were like, oh, you just. You won't understand until you're in it, and then I was finally in it, and I understood it. So 
that was pretty neat to experience that and see, you know, Bobcat Stadium pretty full like that on that type of day. So, One question I was going to ask you is, what does being a Bobcat mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot. Um, it, uh, it means the world to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's the right word to describe what exactly it means, but it means it means a lot to me. I'm proud to be a Bobcat. I'm happy to be a Bobcat, and I'm happy to be able to be on this team. So. Well, it's a huge thing for us fans, and uh, we appreciate like how you represent our program and all you do. Um, did uh, Coach Vegan sell you on the two quarterback system when coming over from Wyoming? Uh, I don't even think we talked about that. Quite honestly, I think we just kind of. We're talking, and we had a good relationship up to that point, and he asked if I wanted to continue to play football and play at Montana State, and I I said, yeah, you know, I trusted Coach Vegan, and I you know, believed in Coach Vegan, and I saw what he was doing up here, and it was kind of an easy choice, so I don't even think it was about the two-quarterback <laughs> system, um, to say the least. So. so how do you view your role uh, on the team? Oh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of a guy that whatever needs to be done, you can ask me to do it and I'll do it. Um, I'm not a, you know, selfish type of guy. I'm a team first guy and if they need me to go block a punt or something, I'll go and try to block a punt. Yeah. So that's kind of how it be my role. Do you see yourself as a leader on the team? I do, yeah. You know, this, this offseason was a point of it. Uh, that was a point of emphasis for me just to increase my leadership and be more vocal and, you know, keep growing in that aspect. Right on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the South Dakota State game, um, the one that happened at the end of the season. I was just kind of want to know, like, the feeling of the cold. <laughs> like, it was, like, really cold. And I went outside here in Spokane, and it was about minus one, but it wasn't minus, what, 20 or something it was over there. I saw you guys out there, like, a lot in, without sleeves, and I'm like, that's got to be just painful. Is it, is it really that painful when it's that cold? That was painful. That day was painful. It was, yeah, unbearable almost I mean it was it was freezing it was the wind was blowing it was the yeah. field was wasn't in great shape yeah uh, it was it was cold that was the coldest I've probably ever been so it was it was tough um I normally don't like wearing sleeves but I went out there for warm-ups and I said I like there's no way I can take these sleeves <laughs> off like it's it's that cold so yeah it was, it was a little brutal I think about the rematch. I know a lot of the fans are going to make a lot of hype out of it. It's an early season game, so it is what it is. Are you looking forward to going back? Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, looking forward to, you know, playing Utah Tech first week of the yeah. season. And then there you go. getting that game, um, doing what we got to do with that game, and then moving on to uh, South Dakota State. You know, we don't want to overlook any opponents. And that is our second game of the season, so we want to just, you know, take it one week at a time and go from there. Do you have any personal goals this season? Uh, I wouldn't say personal goal. It's just, you know, be the best football player I can be and be the best teammate I can be. Yeah. Last question for me is uh, what would make this season successful? Um, yeah, the, I mean, the obvious answer is the national championship. But, you know, just to have fun and soak it all in for my last year. Right on, man. Thanks.
Yeah. All right, now I get the pleasure to talk to Coach Vegan again for going on year three. I once had a boss tell me, as I'm a teacher, he told me, he's like, you're never going to really know your role until about year three. Does that ring true for you? Yeah, I think maybe in totality you, you come in, um, you try to put all the things in place that you think are the priorities and you do that um, but but really being able to take more of a, a bird's eye view it does take a couple of years to be able to really know what that means um, you know and even knowing your guys over the course of that time um, knowing their parents their families I, I think that's the part for me I think that's continued to grow as we've gone along and, and obviously more players that we've been a part of bringing into the program that number continues to increase but uh uh, very blessed to have, you know uh, the couple years in front of you know behind us now and look forward to what's in front of us because it's a it's a great time right now in Montana State and we want to keep that keep that going obviously I think I asked you this last year and I'm going to ask you this this year do you have any personal goals this year or anything you want to improve on personally for yourself well you know what you want to be as as good as you can in, in supporting your your players, your assistants, and I think that's always evolving. I, I, you know, you always got to be learning and growing uh, in this this business, this profession. Um, you know, and whether that's uh, something as simple as is creating opportunities for the guys off the field, or how you are, you know, in particular game game settings. Um, you know, we have the luxury of returning quite a bit of our staff, and, and them getting to know. And, and vice versa. So, no, I think it's just uh, you know continuing to be as, as strong a leader for, for both groups as, as we possibly can, and obviously take the season as far as we can. I'm going to switch gears and talk about the quarterbacks for a moment. Um, Sean's to your right. When you were recruiting Sean, did you have a two-quarterback system in mind? Was that the plan? You know, uh, I had worked with him at Wyoming for for three years, so I knew the type of player he was. I knew the type of person he was. I knew at the same time, he knew full well that Tommy Mallott had just uh, you know led us to the national championship. Um, but we needed, I think, that, that run that year. Um, I think it was clear that we needed better depth at that position. And ideally getting a guy with experience was, was what we were what we were after. And so things really aligned for us to add um, a very gifted, talented player in Sean um, that, that knew full well what he was getting into. So whatever that meant, uh, two quarterback system plays on the field when they're together alternating. I don't, I don't think we necessarily had a blueprint for that. Um, um, but we figured this is going to make us a better team. Uh, Sean will make us a better uh, team, better offense. And Tommy, you know, I, I I called him. It was the Sunday after the national championship saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. Don't read anything in this. It's nothing to do with how you perform. We just, you know, I believe that you know, he'll come in and he'll make us better. And Tommy's like, whatever you think, coach. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it was a really, it's a really unique situation that, uh, you know, cherishing as long as we have it going on. My mind's going to, are we going to see maybe a third quarterback this year as well? Could that be a possibility? Well, I think Bill Lamberty would like us to have four out there at some point in time. Um, no, I don't know. Like, uh, I've been I, I pleased with our continued development of that position. Yeah. You know, Jordan Reed's come, uh, continued to come a long ways and is healthy. Um, you know, we got uh, a couple of young guys. Um, 
in that group as well. I mean, Jordan's young for that matter, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I think we're going to be better suited um, beyond those two, and we'll see what that, what that takes us. I got a leadership question for you. I'm always interested in leadership. One for you would be like, how do you how do you cultivate leadership in your program, and then how do you lean on these guys next to you to carry that out? Yeah, you really try to um, empower them for one, uh, listen to them, you know, listen to their thoughts, their opinions, and really make that a year a year long process, you know. So a lot of our our leaders were leaders last year, but you're bringing in new guys to the fold. You're 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 losing some really good leaders to graduation. Um, so you really you can try to get them in the same room that that group you identify. You know, going back to January and have uh, you know informal discussions, formal education to some degree. Um, Coach Heron, our strength coach, uh, he, he's been invaluable to me. Uh, he's willing to take that piece on because he's around those guys on a, on a daily basis, uh, much more than any of us, uh, the rest of us coaches, really. And, uh, you know, so it's a two-pronged uh, approach from, from myself and him to, to grow him, to empower him, like I said. And, you know, you want them to own the leadership. And we have a group that uh, is willing to do that because it's, you got to be willing. There's a risk that's, that's, that goes along with being a leader. And, and we got a group of guys. And, and, you know, we try to put together a leadership group that has, uh, you know, in this case, six-year guys, uh, fifth-year, fourth-year, third-year, second-year guys, and then, you know, have every every position group uh, part of it, too. You know, so you got this up and down, this cross, crossways uh, group that, uh, you know, um, what was the reaction? Just learning, but the but really owning it, like I said, oh, yeah, with the most of the team. Super honored. It's good to hear. Yep. Yep. All right, then this will be my last question for you. Then um, I guess it's. I mean, Montana State is at an all-time high right now for media everywhere you look. I mean, we're very successful school, very successful program. Does that keep you up at night? Do you feel the pressure of that, or do you? Is that just something that just fits with your personality? Well, you want to live up to that, obviously, and I, you want to be a place where there's expectations, and you want to be some place where it's not uh, just maybe about the football team's success. The university's thriving, the community's thriving. A lot of people that care. There's a lot of people that are invested. Um, so I think those are all things you want. So. You know, um, I, not keep me up at night, but I, I just uh, I'm very grateful at this position I'm in. You know, uh, being a being a coach and, and having the tools necessary to do the things you want uh, doesn't happen everywhere. And to be someplace that I feel like we have the tools, we have the support. Um, Embrace it rather than try to worry about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, appreciate your time. Yeah, Thanks, for Coach. Sure. Yeah, thank you for all you do. Yep.